Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. And if you're joining with us for the very first time, we've been going through the book of Ephesians and uh, just kind of going verse by verse, uh, phrase by phrase, just trying to see what God says for us of how we are supposed to be living the Christian life and who we are in Christ. And this morning, we come to a very practical application of how we are supposed to live and the way that God designs for our lives to live. And as we've been kind of following through in chapter number four, um, Paul's been kind of outlining for us how we can change in Christ. Uh, If you are a believer in Christ, change is possible. You don't have to live uh, being bound by uh, sinful habits, addictions, or anything like that. You can change in Christ. God gives us the power to change because we have his word, we have the Holy Spirit, um, and we have the truths of what uh, Jesus says, that change is possible. So we come to this uh, practical application here. And really, what we're going to be looking at here is in verse 25, Paul talks about uh, that the person who has new life in Christ, the first thing that Paul makes list here of, on the things of his list is that a person that knows Christ is somebody who is going to speak truth. In other words, tell the truth. I believe one of the greatest moral issues that we all struggle with is that telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. In a survey given among the American people, it was reported that 91% of us lie regularly. Of the people interviewed, 92% said the main reason for their lying was to save face. 98% said it was the reason they told lies was to not offend people. Did you like my cake? Oh, it was wonderful. (sighs) Another survey of 20,000 middle and high schoolers indicated that 92% admitted to lying to their parents in the previous year. And 73% said that they told lies weekly. We bend the truth in many ways. There's the half truth. We tell part of truth and kind of not part truth. We tell the white lie, which is supposedly an innocent lie that doesn't hurt anyone. There are lies that cover for someone or for ourselves. There are lies of exaggeration. There's the silent lie. This is where someone assumes something about you that isn't true. And instead of saying and speaking up and saying, well, that's not true, we don't say anything at all. So that way it doesn't change our image of who we are. People cheat on their taxes, cheat on tests. If the checkout person uh, that's checking us out at Walmart or Sam's Club or wherever, uh, if they make a mistake, sometimes we may not say anything because we think, well, it's their fault. Um, One way we know that the Bible is true is that it exposes the faults and lies of many of the men and women that were great heroes of the faith. I mean, think of like Abraham, Sarah, Moses, Aaron, Isaac, Rebecca, Jacob, Rachel, and David. They all lied. Along even with Peter in the New Testament, as he even denied the Lord saying that I do not know that man. 
So if these saints struggled with lying um, and being truthful, none of us are exempt as well. We must take God's word seriously, even when it comes to respectable sins such as lying. And Paul says that we are supposed to be putting away falsehood. If you know Christ, you're supposed to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So as we continue here in this chapter, beginning here in verse 25 and following, Paul is going to start listing some very specific sins of the old nature, which we are supposed to put off. as what Remember those verses we looked at last week about putting off the old man, renewing our minds, and putting on the new man, which is created after Christ Jesus? So this is where I want you to take away from this message here today. If you have new life in Christ, stop lying and tell the truth. Because we are members of one another. So if you have new life in Christ, stop lying and tell the truth because we are members of one another. So let's look at this one verse that we're going to look at here this morning. Verse 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So if we're going to be a speaker of truth, the first thing I want you to notice is, number one, truth begins with the new life. Six times the word truth is used in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, it talks about how truth changes us. In Ephesians 4.15, we are commanded to speak the truth in love. In Ephesians 4.21, we read about the truth that is in Jesus. In Ephesians 4.24, the new man is created in true righteousness and holiness. In Ephesians 4.25, we're here to speak the truth with one another. And in Ephesians 6.14, which we'll get to eventually, about the armor of God, truth is the foundation of our entire life, or should be. And so there is a battle for truth today. And Paul tells us that we are supposed to speak truth. We're supposed to put away falsehood. Well, how do we do that? Well, it begins with the new life. Look at that word, very first word there in verse 25. He says, therefore. Anytime you see that word, therefore, you should find out why it is therefore. Okay? Well, therefore is because he's talking about all the previous verses, those verses that we looked at, verses uh, 22, as he says, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. So therefore, because that old man, that old nature, which is corrupt and deceitful, he says, if you're going to be a speaker of truth, remember, it begins with new life. Because you have new life in Christ, therefore, you should be telling the truth. And so that old life, it was deceitful. It was permeated with deceit and its corrupt lust. It wanted to tell lies. But Paul says, 
now that you have new life in Christ, speak truth. Because God has created us in righteousness and holiness of the truth. You see, truth ought to characterize our new life in Christ. Because we are to live in accordance with the truth which is in Jesus Christ. As he says in verse 21, he says, Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. So we are supposed to be living as truthful people because of a new life in Christ. Notice the second thing here. If we're going to be a speaker of truth, stop lying and speak truth. You see, that's how we make true gospel change in our life. We stop the old habits. We stop fulfilling the desires of the flesh. And you can stop. Because you have the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. And so you stop doing it, and then you start speaking truth. I don't think God could be any clearer in this. Look what he says. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth. So he's saying, put it away. Stop doing it. Stop lying and speak truth instead. How do I stop lying and speak truth? Magic wand? Push of a button? Oh wait, I know. Maybe if I sleep on my Bible when I'm, when I'm going to sleep, maybe that'll help. Maybe if I watch some real good Christian films or sing a lot of good Christian songs, maybe that will help me. No, it's an old habit. You have to stop doing it and you put it away. And you start speaking truth. The practice that Paul gives us here is in verse 23. He says to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. I'm supposed to renew my mind. I'm going to give you five helpful suggestions. Now these are not original with me. But I found them to be very helpful and very um, uh, instructive in, in how we can Put away truth or put away lying and speak truth. Number one, recognize the source of truth and the source of lies. God is the source of all truth. In John 17, 3, we find that Jesus, whose word is truth. In Titus 1, 2 and Hebrews 6, 18, we find that, that God cannot lie. He is the source of all truth. Jesus Christ is the embodiment of truth. In John chapter 14, verse number 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's not one of many truths. He is the only truth. I think one of the things that we're seeing false teachers today, especially running rampant, even in the church, that Jesus is one of many ways, or Jesus is one of many truths. No, he is the only truth, the only way. He spoke the truth in John chapter 8, 45. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth in John chapter 14, verse number 17. But on the other hand, we find that Satan is the source of falsehood and lies. Jesus calls Satan a liar and a father of lies in John chapter 8, verse 44. Satan introduced the lie in the garden. Remember, he's there uh, in the garden and he is tempting Eve. And what does he tell her? He says, well, hey, you will not die. 
He will not surely die. Genesis 3, 4. Secondly, recognize the importance of truthfulness to God. Truthfulness is important to God because he is the God of truth who hates lying and falsehood. And since falsehood is contrary to God's holy nature and is, in fact, a part of Satan's rebellious nature, God hates it. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, Solomon lists seven things which God hates, and two of the seven have to do with lying. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22, it states, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal faithfully are his delight. And so God hates lying. It's an abomination to him. And it's important that we tell the truth to him. Truthfulness is important to God because truth is the basis for all communication. The instant that Adam and Eve sinned, what happened? They experienced a breakdown in communication. Remember, they're there in the garden, and they had sinned, and what did they do? They hid themselves. There was a, there was a breakdown of the communication. And so lying, not speaking the truth, breaks down communication, not only with God, but with others as well. Number three, choose to obey God by making a prior commitment not to lie, but to speak the truth. You see, we must choose to obey God. We always should obey God, regardless of how we feel. Stop lying and obey God. We must start putting into practice this new life by making a commitment even before we are put in that situation. I really like what uh, we read about Daniel. Remember, he's there in, uh, in Babylon, and it says that he purposed in his heart that he was not going to eat of the king's meat. Daniel purposed in his heart that he was not going to be put in that situation. Daniel purposed already that, hey, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to follow through with it. Sometimes the reason why we fall into that pattern of lying or we do lie is because we're caught off guard. And instead of having a prior commitment in our heart already made, saying, you know what, I'm going to tell the truth, even if it means that... I lose favor with somebody, even if it means that I lose my job, even if it means I, you fill in the blank. We have to make a commitment to the Lord because we ought to understand that telling the truth is more important than anything else. So we need to choose to obey God by making a commitment. Fourthly, confess your sins immediately, first to God, and then to the ones you have sinned against. So if I'm going to stop lying and speak truth, I need to confess my sins immediately, first to God, then to the ones I've sinned against. You see, we fall into this habit of lying because we don't want God or others to know about our sin. And sometimes we think we can hide our lies from God. But the Bible tells us that he sees the very hidden man of our hearts. In Hebrews 4.13, it says, And no creature is hidden from God, but everything is naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must render an account. You see, sometimes we mistake that, think that our, to our advantage that if we hide our sins or we hide, the, hide what we really are, that 
people really won't know or we're, we're, we're kind of protecting ourselves. But in really reality, we are doing great harm and damage to ourselves. You see, the more that we cover up, the more it erodes any sense of trust. It's far better to ask forgiveness even after a minor falsehood than to keep on going and acting as if nothing really happened. Proverbs 28.13 says this, He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. Fifthly, consider the consequences of lying. These are warnings from God. Please take these to heart and listen to them carefully. Consider the consequences of lying. Proverbs 19.5, a false witness will not go unpunished. And the one who spouts lies will not escape punishment. Proverbs 19.9, a false witness will not go unpunished. And the one who spouts out lies will perish. Proverbs 21.28, a lying witness will perish. But the one who reports accurately speaks forever. How can I bring glory to God if I'm lying? How can I be lying? How can lying affect my family? How can lying affect my testimony before unbelievers? How will lying affect my eternity? Boy, this is so important. Can I give you a very sobering thought to consider? If you claim to believe in Christ, that Christ is your Savior, but yet you have not put off the old man, you have not put off the old deeds, and you continually, habitually lie. Listen to this warning from God's Word. Revelation 21.8, he says, But as for the cowards, the unbelievers, the detestable persons, murderers, the sexually immoral, and those who practice magic spells, idol worshipers, and all those who lie, their place will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. That is the second death. That is a very sombering warning. And so if you claim to know Christ as your Savior, but yet you still habitually practice sin and you see no problem in it, take heed to the warning of God's word and do, it, do an inspect inside your own heart. Do I know Christ? Have I been changed by truth? Have I been changed by his grace? Do I know him? So stop lying and speak truth. As Christians, we must fight our fleshly tendency towards lying. We must become people of truth. One of the most difficult things that, uh, a situation that I was put in when I was an assistant pastor at the previous church, I was put in a situation where I was asked to lie for the, for the pastor. Primarily because the way that it was coming across was, well, if we don't tell the truth in this, it's going to make him look bad and you should take the heat instead of him taking the heat because, hey, he's the pastor. He's got to have friendships with everybody else. 
And to my shame, to my shame, I did that. Because I was terrified if I didn't, I would lose my job, I would lose credibility. But in reality, who did I really lose credibility with? God. And so we should not lie. We should put it away from us and speak truth. And so we have to fight this. It's something that we have to put away constantly. Here's the reason why we shouldn't lie. Thirdly, you are members one of another. Here's the reason why we should put away falsehood and speak truth. Because we are members one of another. Now this is not the first time that Paul used this example of us being part of the body. Because remember in Ephesians 4 verses 14 through 16 he says, So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every Every joint which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that builds itself up in love. So he brings this example here again of us being part of the body, having members, being members of one another. And he does so by saying something very similar that's found in Zechariah chapter 8 verses 16 through 17 in the Old Testament. Now, it's kind of interesting. Why would Paul kind of give this example about lying and about how we're supposed to speak truth? And how is this tied in with the Old Testament? Listen to this Old Testament uh, passage here that Paul says. Zechariah chapter 8, verses 16 through 17. These are the things that you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. And love not false oath. For all these things I hate, declares the Lord. So what do these verses in the Old Testament have to do with Ephesians 4.24? What is the correlation? Well, if you can remember, the Jews had been taken into captivity their, their city was destroyed, their, their land was ransacked, the temple was destroyed. And here they are coming back from Babylon. They've restored their worship. They've restored the, the walls of the city. They're coming back to their homeland. There's great rejoicing. There's great uh, joy. And the Lord tells them and says, this is what I'm going to require of you to do. Speak truth with one another. Because previously... Before they were taken into captivity, what were they were doing? They were dealing falsely with one another. They were lying to one another. They were corrupt in their dealings with one another. And God says, I'm going to put an end to all of that and I'm going to punish them. And so he allowed the Babylonian army to come in and take them away captive. And God says, speak truth, because this is very important to me. And so Paul here in Ephesians 24 adds, why? Why should we put away falsehood? Why should we speak truth? Notice this, 
for we are members one of another. The health of your body is very important. In our body, we have pain sensors that tell us when there's pain. Uh, when Evelyn was a little bit younger, one of the things that we tried to do was to teach her not to touch hot things because we didn't want to for her to injure herself. So what we did is we had a hot uh, a cup of like tea or something like that, and we put her hand on the cup, okay? Now it was hot, but not hot enough that it was going to like hurt her, like severely scar her skin. And we said, that's hot, that's hot. When we tell you it's hot, it's hot. Remember that, that hurt? It's hot, okay? Because we don't want her walking by the stove one day and touching a pot of boiling water and really hurting herself. So the, the, the pain sensors that we have are there for a reason to help us. Now, Paul uses this and he says, the body of Christ, we're all part of the body of Christ if you know the Lord. And he says, we shouldn't lie to one another because we're members of one another. So if you put your finger on a hot stove, you're going to suffer injury. You're going to be injured from that. This means that if you lie to your mates, you lie to your children, you lie to your boss, you lie to your friends, you lie to one another, what it ends up doing is it brings injury and harm to the body of Christ. You're not only injuring yourself, you're injuring Christ. You're injuring one another because you're speaking a lie, something that is untruthful. And so if you don't want to injure your family, if you don't want to injure yourself, if you don't want to injure others, if you don't want to bring injure to the body of Christ, Paul says, put away falsehood and speak truth. Because we should not want to deceive others. Are you ever happy when people lie to you or deceive you? Does it make you feel good? Are you like, man, I'm so glad that person's a shyster. <laughs> wow. I just love it when they pull the wool over my eyes. <laughs> no, it doesn't make you feel good. You go away injured, hurt. And so when we lie to one another, we injure, we hurt the body of Christ. And so if we know Christ, Put it away. Stop lying and speak truth. Let's pray together.